T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. National government is not the only place where history is being made in politics. Closer to home for the first time in an awfully long time, Kane County has a Democratic County Board chair. And that traditionally Republican county elected Democrats to four countywide offices. What's happening in the western suburbs and what's in store? We will ask the county board chairwoman. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Corrine Hirog was the victor in the close county board president's race last November, and she's the first Democrat to have that seat since it became an elected post in the 1990s. She's a Batavia resident and previously was on the St. Charles Housing Commission and the School District 303 Board of Ed. Now she gets to take the reins in the middle of a worldwide pandemic and the severe budget challenges it created or worsened. So congratulations, Chairwoman Pirog, and welcome. Entering at a time of crisis, indeed. <laughs> yeah, yes, indeed. And because of COVID-19, and as we've been doing since March, we're recording this interview via Zoom. Corrine Pirog is at the Kane County offices. And I guess I should ask the obvious and easy question first. How's it going so far? It is amazingly fascinating work. I was uh, told by the prior uh, two board chairs that I would enjoy this, uh, that this would be uh, an amazing job. And indeed, I am finding it to be all-encompassing. Um, the work is meaningful. It's very powerful. Um, it's very collaborative. And it has an opportunity to really impact neighbors' lives and a community's lives. Uh, so with that, I am honored and grateful to be given this responsibility. Um, and I am doing um, push-ups almost every day, make sure that my shoulders are strong enough to take the weight. <laughs> Well, you know, you you talked about uh, collaboration in government, and, and now I understand there were only about 2,000 votes separating you and David Rickert, the treasurer who was your GOP rival. Uh, so the voters are divided, I guess, but since Democrats also won races for state's attorney, circuit court clerk, auditor, and sheriff, uh, they apparently also wanted change. Why is that? Demographics are changing. Uh, we have a younger population. Uh, people are moving into Kane County from other cities, from Chicago, from Cook County, uh, because of our excellent schools and um, safety of neighborhoods. Uh, and 
may I, may I say it's uh, King County is absolutely a beautiful place to live and a very welcoming place to live to to raise a family and to grow old and so I think those are reasons why that it has changed um, also it the reference to what political beliefs are and I'm coming and I want to maintain the next four years is really working in a nonpartisan level. The work of King County is not political. And I've already spoken to the board with that. It is neither a Democrat or a Republican. When you're talking about water uh, safety, when we're talking about making sure that our roads are, are paved uh, as, as well as plowed appropriately, uh, when we're talking about COVID relief, that is not Republican issue, neither is a Democratic issue. It's simply good stewardship and good management. And I'm grateful for the voters to be able to recognize that that is exactly what I've had in my background professionally, and that I hope to, to deliver my expertise to the county during these four years. But you, there is a slight majority of Democrats on the county board now. And, and as you said, there the idea is to work in a in a nonpartisan way, but sometimes voters have expectations uh, of people when they see change. So what's your, what's the atmosphere like on the county board right now? Well, the biggest change is having uh, a woman in charge. I, I'm the second woman in charge. And it, that there's a sense that I'm not being, you know, speaking about my sex, but there's a sense of, being able to work cross cross politics, cross aisle, um, to listen to people, uh, perhaps because of raising a family um, and negotiating with that. But I do believe that women have that ability to not feel that it is about conquering, but rather than about collaboration. And with that, that is incredibly strong. So that's the biggest thing that I'm, I'm seeing because a lot of women were elected countywides. Uh, we're all women. Uh, so it's, it's different. It, it's, it brings a different perspective to uh, a group that was primarily all Republican and all men. So it's, that has dramatic shift and change. That's probably to me the biggest shift that has happened here politically. Um, and that has been a long time coming. Um, and I'm, well, we now have a, uh, finally, uh, a woman who's been elected Vice President of the United States. So I feel that that ability to have 51% of the population fairly represented in politics is long time overdue. Well, let's talk about what's ahead of that, uh, that new attitude in government, uh, because you've got to deal with COVID-19. Um, during the campaign, you talked about the funding levels for the uh, Kane County Health Department. Uh, it's underfunded, you said. And uh, so how serious is that underfunding, uh, especially with all the extra burden of having to fight a pandemic? And the department was had a lot to do before. It, it, it did, and that if there's one thing that is a burden right now uh, and it keeps me up at night, because what does keep you up at night? It's the fact that COVID vaccine is running rampant through our county, um, as it is through other counties as well. Uh, in the last two days, we've had 19 deaths. Um, 
it saddens me that we have an 8.8% positivity rate. And yet I want to bring our economy back up. I want to bring our children back to school. Um, and yet we have problems doing so because of the vaccine. So what does this look like? It, I can't change what has happened in the past with funding. Um, it's going to take years to be able to address those issues. But what the opportunity is, rather than taking a look at what the, the problems are, identifying those and look for partners and collaborative opportunities so that the health department, uh, because it is a uh, vital but very stressed uh, staff right now, because they have the great work they have to do on top of now this distribution of thousands, hundreds of thousands of vaccines is to start developing partners so that each one of our departments uh, throughout King County can start assisting with this. Uh, we can start working with our hospitals, with our other business partners, so that together collaboratively, we can start working together. One thing I have to say, about Kane County that I dearly love is that there's a large group of very caring people here. And neither Republican nor Democrat, they just care. And if a neighbor is in need, because we have a series of both large and small towns, we recognize that need and we do everything we can as a community to help, to be of help to the best capacity we are able. And that is something that I know Kane County is going to be able to do. Uh, to develop those partners and be able to get those vaccines distributed out so that our seniors, our first responders, um, our, our uh, educators can get vaccines as quickly as, as possible. So far, how is the vaccine distribution going and, and what kind of partnerships are helping that along? Uh, we've got um, two health providers that are coming on board, uh, one in Elgin and the other one in Aurora, that are going to be doing the distribution. Where our sheriff's office is offered to assist with uh, getting vaccines out to our first responders. They have the facility to be able to do that. Um, we're looking at our school districts to be able to be supports with that as well because they have school nurses available. Uh, so we're putting those in line. Our, um, our as I mentioned before, Kane County schools are exceptional um, and they go from great to better. <laughs> and that, that's something we all take a great pride in why families come here and, and stay. Um, and each, uh, we've got a population of about 10,000 educators or people who work in uh, education. We've got a number of uh, junior colleges and universities here. Uh, so it is a, it's a big group of individuals and they are all willing to step in to try to help uh, and assist the vaccine. But it's, this is to me, and this is an issue that's going across the United States. When you're talking at a potential population, we have about 75,000 people in King County or over the age of 65. Each one needs two vaccines. Uh, the uh, educational population, teachers and whatnot, uh, 10,000. So you do that math and that's about 170,000 shots that have gotta be distributed. That, that's a lot. And that's just with that small aspect of the population. This is, People from the health department may know about crisis, a management crisis, and they do, and they're experts at it, and they do a great job. But this is huge. 
and everyone wants to get this vaccine as quickly as possible for all the right reasons, and we want that to happen. It is a logistical nightmare to be able to put this out. And we we cannot do this alone, which is why we need to reach out, not only to our business partners and our health partners, but I'm, I'm praying, I'm praying that with the new administration um, in, in Washington, that they're gonna provide the resources that all of our counties need throughout the country to be able to help doing this distribution of this vaccine because it's vital to our communities. Um. Let's talk about uh, the schools a little bit, and, and let's establish what, what are your schools in doing as far as remote versus classroom learning? Where are you along that scale as, as a county? Uh, well, they have some of our school districts are doing in-person, but not big in-person. Um, some we have some classrooms that are have a smaller percentage. Uh, my, my grandchildren um, are in school full time. Uh, they're in elementary school. Uh, so they're, they're there all the time, masked up with social distancing. Uh, some of our high schools are doing hybrid back and forth. Uh, some school districts are doing the hybrid model or remote model. So, so it it's really the, the entire rainbow of the of of ways of doing this. And, and that, I guess that was the design was to let the districts handle what they felt comfortable with. Uh, but it, it is to drill down with that a little bit. I feel that it's, the sooner we can get our children back to school and have them actually work with their teachers to have the teachers engaged with their students uh, to be able to work with their peers is, is the best thing we can do. Um, the disadvantage that many of our students have is that while this is a relatively wealthy county, there are certainly large pockets where that wealth is not dispersed. Uh, where there may be uh, lack of access to computers, there may be lack of access to uh, Wi-Fi, the internet. And to do remote learning, you need both. Uh, you may have one computer that has to be shared between several students in a family. Uh, so th th there have been supports uh, to help assist that by both the schools. Um, but again, in-classroom learning is the best option we can give to our students. And we have to move towards that as quickly as possible and as safely as possible. Indeed. Um, let's talk a little bit about business. Uh, the, some of the restrictions on businesses and cultural institutions are easing right now. Uh, in fact, uh, where we, when we're recording this on Friday uh, afternoon, the governor is about to announce may, perhaps new, new things. But how much economic damage has already been done in your area? Uh, we've lost about 10 to 15 percent of the tax revenue because of that. Uh, businesses are stretched to the point that they're going to have difficulty to return some of our small businesses. Um, we have a workforce development board that is ready to reach out to those individuals who are displaced workers. Uh, we're going to be uh, allowing um, and developing a program where if you have children at home, uh, that we'll be able to provide resources for daycare and transportation 
so that you can get back to work and that you know that your children are well well taken care of so that you can get back to work. Uh, it's, it's important because we have families who maybe have an all economic spectrums because of not having children back at school um, or daycares open, uh, that one of the parents have had to stay home and God forbid if another parent got laid off, um, have, you know, collecting unemployment, but to be able to provide the resources for those individuals to get back to work, to do adequate job training um, and to provide what um, really satisfy the root cause, which is daycare and transportation, um, because we are a car community here. Although we have transportation, um, it's not like being in an urban area where you have intersection of buses and subways. And, and trains coming through. Um, the the other thing that we have offered is that we've received uh, about $97 million in CARE Act money, and that was distributed. I've got to find my numbers. Uh, we have quite a bit of money that was set out to our businesses, $9 million to our small businesses, uh, $3 million to not-for-profit uh, organizations, which of course are businesses as well. Um, they don't have shareholders, the money gets returned back to uh, to their all of their good work. And we've got a couple of performance venues here in Kane County that are exceptional. Um, the Paramount Theater, which provides uh, not only employment, but um, a large part of the economy in Aurora, in downtown Aurora. And we've given about a million dollars to those venues as well. So we, we tried to share it out as quickly as we can. You're listening to News Radio 780's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore, and we're talking about the, uh, well, basically, we're talking about a lot of things with the chair of the Kane County Board, Corrine Pirog. And uh, let's turn to perhaps next to COVID-19, your biggest challenge, and that is the budget. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you were anxious to talk about that and, and preparing a budget when the revenues are way down has got to be daunting. Uh, I would uh, really like to know whether you're getting pressure to cut services. No, not cut services. Uh, the county for the last eight years uh, has been developed into a very lean county uh, as far as employees go, uh, which makes it very, um, very responsive uh, economically uh, to the needs of our community. Uh, but as far as being able to continue to cut, those, those decisions have predate me. They've already been made. Uh, so, Perhaps the next step is being able to slowly grow our workforce again within Kane County. Uh, but again, as I mentioned before, one of the, the wonderful things about being highly efficient is taking a look at how you can be highly effective and making sure that our departments start working together, not as silos, uh, but together as a team to taking expertise from one department and helping it out with another department will continue that level of efficiency. Um, as far as finances go, um, because of the last eight years, uh, in all honesty, um, there has been a lack of opportunity to uh, continue 
increasing our real estate tax. It has remained flat. And this year I asked, uh, asked for some numbers just so I could be accurate. Um, if real estate taxes were to be increased this year uh, in 21 uh, through 22, which I don't like to do because this is a time of great financial duress uh, for our families, for our businesses. So I don't support raising income tax at all, real estate tax, I should say. Um, the maximum amount we would get would be uh, $800,000, which is about $1.60 per person annually. Uh, so it's a very small, very tiny amount. So we're going to be looking at other other opportunities uh, to uh, increase our revenue. Uh, perhaps uh, it may be uh, launching um, business models that we can handle here in the county, uh, to, uh, increasing user fees. Um, so there, there are other investigatory opportunities that are still very much being developed that we're going to be talking about. Well, let me... Uh get you to talk about the elephant in the room, uh, at least in recent months, uh, because aside from other things, I would have to assume that the possibilities of uh, retail sales of uh, marijuana uh, in unincorporated areas is potentially a big ticket item, or is it? Well, I'd like to talk about retail sales of marijuana and other opportunities for the cannabis industry. Uh, we have uh, several cities in Kane County that have already uh, agreed to have retail distribution of uh, cannabis, adult use cannabis. But what I'd like to talk about is the other avenues uh, for the cannabis industry. Oakton Community College has a program that they were uh, the leaders on uh, developing uh, certificate programs for the growing cannabis industry. Uh, these are well-paying jobs, uh, two-year certificate, maybe a six-month certificate in the business of the cannabis industry, transportation of the cannabis industry, et cetera. One of our local community colleges is applying for a licensed to be able to permission to be able to develop such a certificate program. And this would be in the scientific research of the cannabis industry of cannabis. There are cannabis that can be grown now. And I know very many people feel that uh, cannabis is um, back in the day in 1970s, you know, <laughs> that, but it's no longer there. Uh, it, that is certainly a portion of it, but it goes way beyond that. And the health opportunities from cannabis have still in the very early stages of research. Uh, from what my reading has shown me that there's even cannabis that is grown now without the hallucinogenic uh, in it, uh, simply for um, health products. Health, uh, so what does that mean? Well, we have got a large agricultural community here in Kane County. And to be able to develop business models for craft growers um, and research centers on cannabis would be, to me, an amazing opportunity that the county should investigate. And that would keep the county from, because I know uh, there are some in, in the area who say that the county shouldn't have uh, unincorporated areas with retail sales because it would compete with your 
with the commercial businesses in your incorporated uh, areas. So this is something that would avoid that, correct? It would avoid this. And it's a business to business model. And also being able to work with our local colleges to develop certificate programs uh, so that, uh, again, the displaced worker would be able to get certificates um, in this and relatively high paying jobs in a growing industry. Um, I want to talk about you, some of uh, your vision in the uh, few minutes that we have left. Um, you've talked about changing the style of government. Uh, you're the chief executive right now, uh, but you've talked about the possibility of a professional manager. Correct. Um, that's going to be small baby steps. Uh, right now, I have a very small staff. Uh, I have my administrative assistant who I fully respect and need desperately, and two recording secretaries. That, that's my office. Uh, so I'm the chief operating officer as well as the uh, chief executive officer board chair. Uh, we need to develop that opportunity to have an administrator. And of course, I work with the, uh, the, all the, the professionals who run our different departments. And there's 11 departments that are under our control. Uh, but we definitely need to have the administrator. But because of funding, uh, that's going to have to just in the back burner. Uh, and uh, we're working together and perhaps in a, maybe a couple of years, I'll be able to present that as we get through the COVID economic crisis as well as the health crisis, uh, not to do too much at the same time, but it is something that I believe this county needs. Uh, and it, it, it will, I'm hoping it's going to happen in, in due time, but I can't put the addition onto the house quite yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> We're going to have to wait. Another part of your uh, your vision that you talked about, and and you mentioned it uh, earlier in this uh, this discussion, uh, was about equity. Um, I mean, all you've all through this pandemic, and you you've talked about it in terms of county leadership. What kind of steps do you hope to take or see in the next few years on that regard? Well, when we develop, uh, we're looking for a new treasurer. Uh, and as we're developing that uh, committee that's going to help us, uh, the, for people who don't know, the treasurer who was my opponent has accepted a new job and has retired from the position. So we have an opening for a new treasurer, which we just announced yesterday. But I'm making sure that as we develop the committee, which is going to be a, a, a representative of different leaders and community leaders with, through Kane County, that we do have equity that we make sure that we have a full representation of the uh, social demographics and economic de demographics in the county uh, as part of that. Uh, it'll be the same thing when we look for the new health director, uh, that we make sure that we reach out to the community and have it representative of the community um, so that those decisions can be well made. With leadership and with opening up, up opportunities, I want to make sure that diversity is recognized and needed and welcomed here. But and also equity has to do with how and where services are delivered. Uh, do are there changes or at least attention that you see needed in other parts of the county? I I have to say that our two most diverse communities are those in uh, our two big cities, Aurora and Elgin. 
And both of those municipalities are doing a, a sterling job of providing and reaching out to make sure that those services are provided for. Um, they truly are doing a, a great job. In unincorporated Kane County, um, I would hope that those are going to be addressed probably to, in my knowledge right now. And again, I'm, I'm not speaking from fact, uh, just an observation. The biggest impediment is transportation because of the high need of cars and making sure that there is adequate public transportation available for people to be able to commute back and forth to work or to go to the grocery store. And the biggest, when we talk sometimes about equity, uh, sometimes we, we level it just on, uh, on uh, race, but what about our seniors? Because that again, 75,000 people here in Kane County are represented of 65 and above. And to be able to get to the grocery store sometimes if you can't drive um, or because of bad weather and you choose not to drive, how do you adequately get there? So I wanna make sure that we continue to look at resources, working with our transportation partners to provide smaller buses, smaller means of transportation so they can remain independent to be able to go shopping, to go visit friends, to, to go to the Paramount, to go see a play without having to be dependent upon a car. That is going to have to be the final word. We are out of time, and thank you so much. That is Kane County Board Chair Corrine Pirog. Uh, to our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com and also find our podcast on radio.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.